Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Two Tongues Podcast with your host, Kyle, Chris, and guess what? A special guest listener today on the podcast, Kyle's baby brother. He doesn't think he's going to talk at all. He might not, but we'll see. We're going to see if we can Say get hello, it. Say hello, Corey. Hello. <laughs> there he is. There he it's is. my brother, Corey. And All right, yeah, he's just gonna sit in. We we got we got we have an audience. This is like our first live podcast, kind of. Yeah, kind of. It's very a, small audience. Only only, but... only one person bought a ticket, and he's <laughs> and he's family. Yeah, oh, yep. privilege. Yeah, <laughs> All right, exactly. Family privilege. All right, so what are we doing today, Chris? Today, uh, well, uh, um, what we've already done What's today. What's on the agenda? Well, what, the item that's crossed off the top of the agenda. Is move broken treadmill from from my basement piece of shit ass to the treadmill. garage trash ass Nordic track ass treadmill. Yeah, so the wife and I bought a brand new treadmill, um, you know, during COVID, so we could get exercise and all that. Stay fit. Stay fit. I failed terribly at that, uh, but the point is, two thousand dollars for a treadmill, and it worked. It worked for three days, and that was it. <laughs> Garbage. So I need, and it's so it's so goddamn heavy <coughs> that I needed the brothers Walsh to come over and and muscle that thing out of here. But we did it successfully. That was a chore, man. It was a chore. I'm, I had the light end too. I'm still sweating. Yeah, me too, a little bit. What, what was that, Corey? What was that? That uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Derek Lewis said, "My balls is hot." <laughs> <laughs> That's, it. That's the one. That's I feel, the one. I feel like Derek Lewis right now. So I have to, uh, so I have to say, it, it's a t- terrible to see Stipe lose uh, the UFC championship last night. Yep, it's a bummer. He did beat Derek Lewis, who, whose balls were hot. This uh, is gonna good. No, yeah, he did beat Derek Lewis, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, he did. I think this is gonna be coming out next week, so this will actually be. Uh, you'll be like, this happened last week. You guys might be, be confused, but we we're getting one in the can. So listening to this podcast is a little bit like time traveling. Yeah, kind of. All right, so on the podcast today, Kyle and I are going to continue where we left off. We're kind of going to be time traveling a little bit in this ah, podcast. See, I didn't plan that, but you're right. 1.21 gigawatts, bitches. 1.21 gigawatts. Corey, you know what that's from? No. Oh, no? God. Back to the future, dude. Come on. <sighs> Michael J. Fox. I wonder if the audio can, can pick up my sighing. Yeah, I think all right, it so, can. All right, so uh, where, we, where we left off, and my notes were um, the early years. So we talked about from the day we met until... I mean, kind of when you when you moved up to Cleveland, yeah. when we kind of left off. Yeah, yeah. So I was thirteen, fourteen when yep. we when I moved up to Cleveland. Um, you know, as a result of our parents separating, they didn't. They're together again. They didn't ever actually get divorced. No. But yes, that was that was the deal. So I moved up to Cleveland, and that's another one of those junctions in our friendship where we easily could have stopped being friends. Correct. Um, you, do you remember that you helped us move? Yeah, you came up and like helped us move in. Yeah, I remember. Is that that was the um, was that the week that? Do you uh, remember that? No, you don't remember no. that. Was that was that the week that we were playing? Um, Got it in my notes. <laughs> what was the name of the game? Legends of Lagaya. Legends of Lagaya. Yeah, yeah man, yeah, we yeah. we just binged the shit out of that game. Yeah. So for those people who don't know, uh, <laughs> that's a an RPG for the PS One, right? First generation PlayStation. Was that right? I think. So. I, think so. uh, I think it was. No, I think it was PS Two. Actually, it, it might have been PS Two. Yeah. Um, oh no! I, can't, I don't remember. I don't it's been no, way too long. Because I think it might have been one of those burnt games. Yeah, I think it. it <laughs> in which point case, is, it would have to be the PS, the first one. The point is, it was an interesting game. It was, it was a good. It, game, it, it was like a turn-based RPG, but it, it the fighting sequences were more like um, button mashing, like Mortal Kombat style. Mm. So it was kind of an interesting game. 
Yeah, I, I remember that game specifically. I you've always been more of an RPG guy than I have. Yeah. I like, um, and I, I mean, like the traditional kind of RPG games. Um, I mean, because technically, like Assassin's Creed is an RPG too, but it's not like the RPG style. When, when you say that I was more of an RPG guy, by that do you mean nerd? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you, you know, because I was, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. You were a cool nerd, though. Yeah, well, I am, I guess you could say. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I would really classify as, us as nerds anymore. I don't think we're nerds. Corey, Corey does. Corey thinks we're nerds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I guess we are still nerds. But being nerds is like cooler now than it was. You know, back then, being into RPGs and you were a dork. That's true. Yeah, now you're kind of, <clears throat> that's like the hipster thing. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting dynamic change. That, that reminds me of 21 Jump Street, okay. uh, the, the remake of that movie. Um <laughs> I just spelled so Bob Kyle, all over so, so if, if, if for the audience hearing the laughing, this is Kyle t- taking a moment while while I was talking to take a drink of a deliciously refreshing beverage. Dumped it all over my, my yep, Harvard yep, hoodie. All over his shirt. Uh, that is fucking, my alma mater. I you, did go to Harvard. You lunatic. You did go to Harvard. <laughs> all right. So 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 we're set to set the stage here. You're right. So you were like, you know, 13, 14 or something like that. You're moving to another city. I did come up and, and stay here for with you for like a week. Yep, that was the. I think it was two weeks. I think you were. It might have been two weeks. Up for two weeks. Um, that was the the two weeks of Legends of Lagaya. That was also the summer for me of Eminem and Bloodhound Gang. I think we talked about that maybe in the last yeah, podcast. We did, and I have that on my list too. It might have been on that first page. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, it might have been on that on the first page that we did we did the last time. So, but yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. hooray for boobies. Yep, uh, Bloodhound Gang and and, and the, whatever that first Eminem was it the Marshall Mathers LP? I think it might have been the Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah, or then shout out shout out to Eminem. Yeah, dude, that that Eminem CD was great. That you know, it, especially when you're 14, 13. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I was just talking about the other day about how awesome Eminem used to be versus how much of a complete bitch Eminem is now. Uh, Eminem sucks. In, yeah. w- in what way? He's one of the. I mean, I remember during Trump's presidency, he had, he had this video come out where he's standing in a parking garage and all these dudes are around him and he's spitting this freestyle about how much Trump sucks. It's like, give me a fucking break. Mm. Like, old Eminem would have been a Trump supporter just to piss people off. That's yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, fuck Eminem. While he's, we're while we're talking about Eminem, yeah, I think this is probably a good time to talk about. See if I can frosted tips. Oh, frosted tips. We're going back to before we, I moved a little bit. Yeah, but, but Eminem did have that like. Yeah, he did have that bleach blonde hair in, in the in the original. So did we. So did we exactly. So yeah. I, want, I want to tell you a story about that. So this is back in the um, you know like popularized by early Justin Timberlake with his beautiful curly locks mm-hmm. and just highlighted, just highlighted with br- just golden blonde. Uh, you know, it was, it was a good look back then. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was a good look. I don't know, <laughs> but listen, my hair is very dark. Yeah. So when you're poor like we were, and you go and get yourself a cheap, uh, you know, fr- fr- highlighting kit, kit from the fucking yeah. from the from the grocery store or whatever it is, you have to you have to leave that bleach in for a very long time. Fucking a for your hair, dude. Otherwise, it's just going to be orange, uh-huh. and it, and, it, and it is. That's step one: is get your hair orange. Yeah. Step two is. Uh, is half suffocate from the toxic fumes with a plastic bag over your head yep. until that shit turns blonde. Get that Kroger bag wrapped around you. And the, the reason, <laughs> the reason, the reason I go into this level of detail is because there was a time, and I think I was fourteen, mm-hmm. 
I, I know I was 14 because I was a freshman in high school, where uh, I had that blonde shit on my hair so long that it foamed up and dripped down, oh. down the back oh, of I my head. I remember that, now that you mentioned it. So, so, so I had these fucking skunk stripes that went down the back of I my, of my that. head. I remember that. That's crazy. It seems like today, today that might be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. It, it seems like it that. might be cool. Especially if I shaved off the sides entirely and just left the... The point is, it was awful. And I was a freshman in high school. I was... Obviously, I was self-conscious, like, to the max when you're 14 and in high school. Uh, And I had these blonde streaks down the back of my head that weren't supposed to be there. So I just imagined as I'm... You know, every time I pass somebody in the hallway, they're seeing it and laughing at me. I felt like a girl who who started my period. Yeah, with your little... With my... Little blonde drip... Drip stripes. Drip, drip stripes. You got it. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely dyed my hair a bunch too. And it, the particularly bad look was when you did the whole head blonde, like M&M style, mm-hmm. and then you'd get the haircut, you know? And then so you'd have the brown sides and bottom, and then the hair just still blight, blight, bright blonde. Yep. That's true. Although, I, yeah, that's true. That looked pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, Back then, I actually kind of thought it looked cool, though. I was like, can't wait to get my hair cut. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a two-tone, the two-tone fade thing going. Now, Corey, now Corey here is a couple years younger, and I don't think ever did that. You never did that to your hair, huh? I did. Oh, yeah. You did? Proof, oh, yeah. oh, for sure. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Yep. We were at Liberty or Evangel. <laughs> yeah, he's, re- he's, referring to, he's referring to private school. Yes, indeed. Christ, Christ, Christian school. Because, again, as we said uh, on the last episode, um, if you lived in Columbus and you sent your kids to Columbus public schools, there are dangers to that. And, uh, one yeah. of, one of the dangers is that you don't learn anything and you get left behind. And that, that happened to almost happened to me, happened to my brother. The other danger is that you get the shit kicked out of you. Yep. That, so that, that's that, another danger. Yeah. That happened to me a couple of times. Yeah. My brother more, but he, he was in that's, he was in that school system through middle school. Uh, yeah. you know, I wasn't so. Yeah, that's true. Shit gets serious right around 12 years old. Uh-huh. People start getting hormones. Yep. You yep. know, jealous. Absolutely. The racism starts yeah. seeping out of their pores. Yeah. And uh, you look at who's getting their ass kicked in that scenario, and I don't think it's the racism that a lot of people are probably imagining, but... Nope. Nope. <clears throat> so, yeah. And that's on you, listeners. You f- Never mind. <laughs> All right. So, where are we at? Okay. So, when you came up uh, and helped us move, do you remember... My mom bought us these, these like wooden katanas. They were like practice wooden katanas. Yeah, uh, yeah, fucking course I do. <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to remember when I got rid of mine because I had it for a very long time. Yeah, I rem- that's right. I remember it was in your room. There, the, I, you had like a Japanese display. You got a little <laughs> cultural appropriation shrine oh, in your oh, room. <laughs> when I, oh yeah, when I was a teenager, I don't know, I don't know why I had a love affair with uh, with. You know what it was? Um, the, Kung Fu movies and shit, probably. It, it, oh, probably started there. Yeah. But when, but when I worked at that movie theater, that you also, where you I also got worked that in the notes in in the in that in that mall. Now this was guys. This was a theater that lit that was inside of a of a mall going back to like the early eighties, and the in the mall kind of like the neighborhood kind of went south, and the mall closed down, and the movie theater didn't. <laughs> the movie theater hung around for a long time after the mall was gone. I remember seeing movies in that theater when i was a young child oh yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely do you mm-hmm. yeah man mm-hmm. like i i mean how the way the light the the lights in the halls the way it was all lit up <laughs> that movie theater is unforgettable it, it is unforgettable so what kyle's referring to is uh there was like a t-shaped hallway and uh there were obviously theaters along the top of the t and along the along the bottom of the t 
and uh, the, that T-shaped hallway was covered in what today would be like LED lights mm-hmm. inside these clear plastic, uh, you know, shielding, <coughs> and and the lights would blink in sequence. So when you're standing in that hallway, if you're just standing there, it, it almost looks like you're floating through space or something. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's super dark, you know. That's what I think. Uh, that's what I kind of always thought that it looked like is like coming you know the theaters are like a room of some spaceship and you walk out into the halls of some spaceship you know exactly it's, that was a great theater it was and the in the lobby was had like you know 100 foot ceilings and the the tiles all crazy colorful and the lights they had several these really big lights hanging from the ceiling in the lobby in the lobby yeah that was cool as hell yeah and, and they were always broken yeah but, <laughs> but when they were working it was cool. uh the ones that spun uh it wasn't exactly like a disco light but they spun and twisted so it was throwing lights all over the place uh it was really cool man uh once upon a time yeah it was really cool it had an arcade yep you know so that was pretty sweet and there was two <laughs> stores there was two stores in that mall that sort of hung in for a while so when you went to the theater you could you could also go to um, to the video game trading store, yeah, uh, which was called I do not remember. Okay, I, I can't remember either. I don't. You, re- I remember, remember the other store. Well, then there was the there was the comic book shop. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. The, yep, yeah, the comic book shop. And then around the corner was that wedding dress oh, yeah. shop. Those were both like Asian stores. They were. Yeah. And the 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 the, the like wedding dress shop that the Asian lady uh, ran, Miss um, Sony, she, she was awesome. Um, she she sold. Um, all those like um, I I don't know if saying knickknacks is a disrespectful term maybe it is but she it was like <laughs> home decor but it was all Asian so it was like statues of Buddha um, I bought that that awesome like hand carved chess chess set you remember that I still have it yeah yeah um, jade pieces yeah jade and, pieces yeah. and all that stuff um, why why are we talking about this why 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 do we bring we, up Sony we just started talking about <laughs> well we were talking about Cinema City in that mall oh uh, yeah yeah. Um, and that the Cinema City particularly is going to come up further down the road here. Uh, I mean, that's like what my, that wasn't your first job, right? You had a job before yeah, that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pushing started, carts somewhere. Pushing carts. You yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but then then you started working at Cinema City. Like shortly after I moved up to Cleveland, you came back down and yep. you know started working. Oh yeah. So. Well, yeah. You need you needed to work. Well, oh, going back to you helping us move. Was that the time that we potted roses for my current job? Corey's nodding his head like it was. I, it might have been. I, I think I, it probably was. I do remember that. I remember. Yeah. Uh, I remember getting sort of sliced up the hands and arms Those by thorns. The, the thorns. Yeah, it's funny. Roses. I've been. Uh, I had to clean out a closet in uh, uh, the nursery office, and um, I was been one of the boxes had a bunch of pictures, and I've been going through um, these pictures, uh, and some a lot of the pictures are kind of right from the, some of them are from even earlier some of these pictures are from 93 whoa okay so a long ass time ago um but it's just been cool i've seen a lot of the people who were working there when we were potting roses and stuff like that interesting blast from the past man yeah that, that was a fun time um uh there was also that that girl whose name i can't remember my uh, neighbor uh her friend oh Je- yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, Jessica. My neighbor's name was Krista. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the story the story there is uh, so you like you know I'm a teenager. So Kyle and I are just a couple of teenage guys in a, in a new city basically for the both of us, and uh, and meeting the teenage girls, the local girls, uh, and that, and that, that was a fucking adventure at that age. You know, it's an adventure, um, and uh, and I and I. Uh, immediately took a liking to the one, and uh, we, we we traded we traded phone numbers, 
this is, this Sorry. Is, hey, Kyle, knock it off, man, with the I'm coffin. My bet. <laughs> so this is, uh, this, is, uh, this is back in a, in, a, in a time when people did talk to each other on the phone. That, that was still a thing. And, uh, and so her and I talked all night, and we made uh, plans to go have pizza at that restaurant yep. the, the following day or whatever. And I was, I was super, super <laughs> stoked about that, you know, because I, you know, I, I, I managed to get this date all by myself, and, uh, you know, I felt like I was a hot shit at that yeah, time. That was good. The, the, the problem was that we talked on the phone for like a couple of hours the uh, night before, and we did all the getting to know each other talk, all of it. And yeah. it was a great conversation. I don't remember any of it, but I just remember thinking, you know, this is this is awesome. This is going well. I'm doing great. And then I went on this date with this girl and had nothing to say. Nothing. It was the most awkward ex- experience. It was It was terrible, man. Yeah. Embarrassing. Yeah, I put so much pressure on myself sitting there, like, dude, you got to say something, and that just made it worse. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Uh, a few years later, I ended up dating her for a little bit, not yeah. like seriously. Yeah, anything, I remember. But, um, you know, uh, but yeah, I remember that. I remember the restaurant you took her to was a deep dish pizza restaurant that I wish was still there. It'd be nice to have a deep dish place around, you know. Oh, we're still. Oh, you don't houses. care. You don't. You don't. What's up? That's where Stonehouse is around, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, so I, I went to Chicago one time uh, when I was in college, like when I first started college, like maybe a couple years in, and uh, and I had uh, deep dish pizza there, Chicago style pizza, and I was not impressed. Um, yeah. I think I think it had less to do with the deep dish and more to do with the fact that I, I ordered red peppers on the pizza, uh, thinking thinking that that was going to be crushed red peppers because. Not fresh red peppers, right? And okay. they were like they were like long slices of of roasted red peppers. How and long ago was this? Um, I mean, I was probably like nineteen or twenty. So, see, I, I wonder if you would like that now. I'm sure I would. Yeah, okay. back then I was I was like, uh, um, Chicago I, sucks. I could also understand like if you're if you've never had deep dish and you're kind of expecting pizza and you get deep, it's like lasagna, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't know why we're talking about deep dish pizza. Oh, yeah, that's right. The, your your little one day date that you had that was a yeah, it was that, an experience. It was an experience. It was a learning experience. You don't yeah. you don't blow your load um, on the first phone call. Don't talk to these hoes. <laughs> don't talk to the hoes. <laughs> Got to keep the hoes more decent. All right. Um. All right. So, oh, do you remember my aunt taking us to sushi? Oh, <laughs> so that is not on my list. But, yeah, but absolutely. Um, that was one of the things that your aunt did that made her so memorable to me, and uh, and uh, the, one of the reasons why I felt such an affinity for your your aunts up here, mm-hmm. um, because I didn't grow up with them the way I did with your like your mom and dad. Sure, uh, but they're very nice people, yeah. and uh, and that was one thing. It was like introducing me to this new experience. Um, and, uh, and so Kyle's aunt took, uh, it was just the two of us and her, wasn't it? Yep. And we went to this sushi joint and none, we hadn't had it before and we were just trying to be brave. And I'm pretty sure she ordered like a a sampler platter Yeah. so we could try all all different kinds of stuff. What do you remember about that? Yeah. I remember going to the sushi place. Uh, that sushi place is not there anymore. Uh, you know, things just disappear, uh, over time. Yep. Um, but I remember going to the sushi place. I remember you taking a bite of sushi and I, I would be willing to bet that she still remembers this too. You put the, the piece of fish in your mouth and instantly spit it out. And you said, and it was funny cause I still don't really talk like this in front of my family. Uh, like the way I do on the podcast and like, I know that some of them listen to it, but it's nice knowing that I don't have to like 
watch them listen to it. But anyways, <laughs> I didn't talk like this in front of my family. And you put this piece of sushi in your in your mouth and you spit it out and you're like, it's what I imagined cum would taste like or like <laughs> the, the feeling of it in my mouth. And she cracked up at that. Wow. Well, I don't remember. I, I don't remember saying that, uh, but I'm glad to know that it was hilarious. It was pretty funny. Uh, I do remember. I don't remember spitting anything out. I do remember putting a piece of sushi in my mouth. And thinking there was no way I wasn't going to immediately throw it up. Yeah. Like it was, uh, this consistency of it, I, I, you know, I never had a f fish ever that was like mush when I bit into it. Yeah. And my brain was like, what, what is going on? Yeah. Error, error. Yep. Uh, but I do remember, uh, liking the row. Okay. And the, and the, it was, it was like super Salty. fishy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I was like, oh, that's all right. So you uh, you didn't really like the sushi the first time you had it? Some of it I some did, of it, some yeah. of it I didn't. Well, that's kind of how I feel about sushi now. It's yeah. like some of it I could do without. Yeah. Dude, if I could eat like an entire, an entire <laughs> sushi platter of just, sa um, not salmon, tuna. Like, I mean, I love tuna. All so, of it's good. So, my, so my wife does the sashimi, yeah. and, and if and if she could just that's just this this fish, right? Well, no rice. Yeah, if, like for her, that's ideal. Just just yeah. the fish. But sometimes it'll be the fish, but rather than rolled up, it'll just be laying on top yeah. of a bed of that's rice. That's my favorite. Kind. You like that? Yeah, that's the ideal for me. See, I, I like the I like the rolls. I like the seaweed. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like those too. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Yeah. yeah, but but my wife she likes the uh, the tuna and the salmon, uh, but the tuna mostly. Tuna and you know just shit, and she'll just eat that raw meat and and you know like it's the best thing she ever had. Yep, good shit. Yeah. All right, off of sushi. This is not a food podcast. All right. Um, oh, I got up? I got one for you. What's up? Because it's embarrassing. Do you remember? All right. So when you when you came up here, one of the things that was different um, about Cleveland from Columbus is that um, you guys had like. This was before Starbucks, before Dunkin', before Tim Hortons, basically. Yeah. basically. Oh, I do remember this. And and Cleveland had all these like coffee shops, and uh, and some of them were uh, bigger than others. Some of them were just mom and pops, but they were like coffee shops around here. Yeah. And you had one one day, you and I dressed up like fucking Doctor Fraser Crane, and went to oh God, and I went to that. the coffee shop, and it was it was the it was on purpose to have that experience. So this this wouldn't have been that far that long after like that show was was a popular. A oh popular baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss that lid. You got it. You got it. Uh, so so this is what it was. It was uh, dress slacks, dress shoes. Um, those those shirts that were like today you might call it like an Under Armour material, but that didn't exist back then. It was like a it was like a dress up shirt, but it wasn't a collar shirt. Um, it was awful. But, <laughs> but back then, but back then maybe it wasn't awful. But, you, but, it, but we were like fourteen years old. And we stroll into the coffee shop dressed kind of alike in like this pretend, <laughs> pretentious goofy ass way and we go up there we don't even know what I, I don't know what the fuck we, we probably know. ordered like cappuccinos or yeah, something yeah we didn't know nothing about coffee yeah um that's probably my idea <laughs> I mean maybe I don't know it sounds like a great idea still I think we should do that we, it would, we should do that now that would be good all three of us <laughs> wear similar outfits Corey we couldn't get you we couldn't pay you to drink coffee no. <laughs> frappuccino yeah there you go is there any coffee in the frappuccinos I don't know um, so it's like, I do remember that. Do you remember what that coffee place was called? Arabica. Arabica. Yep. I think back then we pronounced it, or at least I pronounced Arabica. it Arabica. Yeah, yeah, we didn't I had know. no idea, you yeah. know, Arabica. I, well, back then I had no idea that, you know, that, that there was coffee, you know, that, 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 that type of a, that Arabic coffee was a thing. I didn't yeah, know yeah. that, you yeah. know. 
Uh, do you remember the chocolate-covered espresso beans? That was also that trip, I believe. Yes. So, yes. So that was, again, That this was in the early days. I mean, that, that's something that people know about now. Mm-hmm. That was mind-blowing back then. Yeah. Like, you get these double-roasted espresso beans covered in chocolate, and they are delicious. And you can eat them so like good. M&M's. So good. And if you have more than, like, a handful of them, your heart is racing. You know, you feel like you're going to die. It's like uh, 16,000 milligrams of caffeine or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. Much like um, edible marijuana and things like that caffeine doesn't really i don't i have to have a bunch of it for really? it to affect me like that dude um i bought those because they were like 17 dollars a pound or something crazy yeah uh, I, I bought uh, a bag of those while i was up here and took them back home and when i was on the school bus i would share them with people and you would not believe how popular i was with the ladies on the school bus oh, yeah man. i was like come get some of these That's chocolate a nice trick. come sit next to chris <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got i got treats oh man so I do remember that. Now, now, this is the point where you and I, Corey, are going down to Columbus every other weekend, basically. Um, so that's how uh, we are hanging out at that point, right. you and I, Chris. Yep. Like, is I come down, and I, you know, most weekends I would, you know, go over to your house pretty much as soon as I got there. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, and then that was that was interesting because your dad was living in one city, your mom was living in another, and you guys would just meet halfway. Mm-hmm. Just going to drive the kids halfway, swap cars, yep. which was kind of a brilliant idea, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, Cleveland to Columbus is not such a far trip that it can't, you know, obviously they did make it work. So, um, so Corey brought up the Christian schools that you guys went to, yeah. and I have a story about that, and it oh, kind of okay. kind of goes back chronologically a little earlier. Yeah, yeah. This is before you actually moved, but I want, but I you know this story I think, but I'll tell it again. So I was over at Kyle's house one time, and he is his Christian school textbook was on the table, and it was a science textbook. Oh God! And I thought to myself, I wonder what, I wonder what's in this. What's in this? I wonder what God says about science. <laughs> I wonder what God says has to say about science. Um, I remember there were pictures in the book about uh parasites like like intestinal worms and things like that there are pictures i remember this too you do yeah and so now that you bring it up so i i remember seeing that and i don't know i read a little bit of it enough to be absolutely terrified to learn that that those sorts of things live in people's stomachs and that they shit them out and i tell you this story because I read that textbook and I was afraid every time I took shit for, for over a year. Every time I, every time I sit down, I was like, Oh God, this is today's the day. Something crawls out of my butthole. I was not dude. It was, it was legitimately terrifying, like traumatizing for yeah. me. Traumatizing. That, that is pretty disgusting. I mean, it's not like really fucking with me in my head like it did you, but that is gross. I did mean, me, man, I mean, I bet you it would fuck with me if I took a shit and I looked into the toilet and there was a little monster in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's not good. That's terrifying. You guys so. you guys ever have a dog that got worms and have that have that experience? I've, been, I've never seen it in person. I've seen YouTube videos, though, oh. of just, like, oh, disgusting. Or, you know, maybe not YouTube, but just weird, yeah. weird stuff on the Internet. Disgusting. Dude, I mean, it's so dogs gross, dogs are disgusting animals. I hope my dog never gets worms like that. He's got it hanging out of hanging out of his butt. That's oh, disgusting. It's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> what, that's your turn for a story, buddy. What do you got? Um. Okay. So, you know, I was I was gonna keep going chronolo- chronologically, but since you went out, this memory did pop into my head. Do you remember this one time? You know, you used to go to church with us on occasion, yep. and you also used to go to like 
the more fun church events like the camping and the shit like that you yep. would come. And one time you came and you were flirting with this girl. You were like hitting <laughs> on her. You know exactly where uh, I'm going yeah, already. Yeah, go ahead and tell the story. Yeah, go ahead. He's so Chris meets this girl. She's cute. He's talking, you know, he's chatting her up like Chris does. Hot. And she, uh, you know, they're talking and he, Chris says something to the effect of, oh, my cousin Luke. And she's like, oh, I've got a cousin Luke. And it was Jeff, but go ahead. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, basically they found out that they were cousins while they, you know, after <laughs> yep. they had been flirting well, with each yep, other. Yep. So you get, you get, <laughs> so you're, so you're, you're chatting up, you're chatting up the lady, you're, you're flirting, you're getting to know one another. And then you, you know, your eyeballs start to get wide as you realize you got relations in common. Uh, <laughs> and it was really embarrassing. And I, I don't know, I may, maybe I was like 11 or 12 years old or something, but something it, like that. it was really embarrassing. And, uh, but, but just for the audience's sake uh jeff is not is not blood related oh i mean he he is but 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 barely we we have a, sure. we have a grandmother in common gotcha. um and she uh was from his dad's side of the family which is not related to me at all Got it. so i say that for the audience guys come on give me a fucking well, it's break it's not like you guys but, you know banged it out no anyway, no we did not so. <laughs> uh no. but yeah that that was a crazy you know, where, how does that happen? Dude, that's that's why they used to make people get blood tests before they got married. Do you it, know? Do you know about this? No, I didn't know. That. It was it was required by law and common all over the country huh. up until like 1950. When you got married, before you got married, you had to get a blood test to ensure that you weren't close enough related that your children would might have trouble. Yeah. That was a fucking problem in this country that they that they wanted to make sure, you know what? Well, we, we might as well go ahead and that's do a, a, that's do a, a blood problem test. That's a problem in a lot of like tight-knit communities, you know, like you get these religious communities or well, most of them are religious communities. Yep. It's like Amish, yep. um things like that. Um you know, uh I think some Hasidic Jewish communities it's like that. Yep. Um where there's just not a lot in the pool, you know, so you kind of end up, yep, I mean, your cousin. Uh, yeah. I mean, imagine, imagine, <laughs> imagine being uh, being Jewish because they're especially if you're religious, because it's really important for them to um, marry other Jewish people, and yeah. you know that's that's part of the part of the thing. I don't um, think we'd get away with that. It's that's a that's a, a weird little yep double standard. No, we we definitely couldn't get away with that. Yeah. Um, Although I don't know, I guess Christian people can. I, 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 but I still think it's more frowned upon. But well, you know, but but with but with the Jewish religion, it's one of those weird weirder situations because because Jewish is a religion, but it's more than a religion. It's also a, it's also a, like an ethnicity. Yes, indeed. And that's not the case with Christianity. Yeah, yeah. To say to say you know like I'm German or something, and I'm only and I'm only going to marry a German. Yeah, that's I, a problem. You can easily say that's especially well. if you pick German. That's like you really <laughs> you really hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, but where are, okay, so like I said, I moved up there, you helped us move, you come back to down here, you get a job at Cinema City, yep. okay? And Cinema City definitely was, uh, it opened a lot of avenues for things in our lives, you know? Yep. Um, just meeting people, things yeah. like that. Oh, that's interesting when you put it that way. Yeah, because it kind of was the hub of what became our like social, our adult social life, yeah. you know? Um, because when I when I first started working there, it was uh, me and my sister, mm -hmm. and uh, and and our buddy Matthew, who's who's going to be on the <laughs> podcast one of these days. Uh, shout out to Matthew. Yes, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, and then and then and Matt's buddy Josh, and uh, uh, you know, but then it extended, you know, with uh, with Kenny and Charity and uh, and all these other other people who ended up. Uh, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves now, but 
uh, when you sort of fractured off and you and Matt kind of did your own thing for a while, you you guys were much more involved with other friends and uh, you know and a whole other social scene that at that time well at that time I was married. Yeah, I was so. I was gonna say I don't think Matt and I fractured off from you. It was more like you were living your big boy adult life with your wife and kid, you know, and you're like, um, you weren't going to come hang out and like make, make believe that you were Johnny Knoxville with Matt, Kenny and me, you know, basically you weren't going to get in a shopping cart and that that's, that's true. But, but to me, it did feel like fracturing. Oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah. I'm sure that makes sense. And my, and my, you know, we'll, we'll get to the, uh, my ex-wife conversation and all that. Well, you're talking, I mean, you're, no, I guess not. You know her at this point, though, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've known her since I was 12 years old. Okay. You know, so... Or maybe even... Yeah, 12 years old. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, we will get there. But, you know... Um, so, yeah, I remember coming and visiting you uh, and looking... Or, basically, I would come down there and you would have to work. You know, like, so I'd be there Saturday. You'd have to work Saturday. I'd just, like, stay at your house yeah. until you got home. Yeah. Or, us, you know, I'd go up there, too. Yeah, yeah. There were, it was in, within walking distance that's of true. house. That's true. And when I was working at the movie theater, I wasn't working, like, eight-hour shifts most of the time. I, I was a kid, anyway. I was working, like, six-hour shifts. Yeah. So th- there would be times where, where you, would, you would come up, and you would just watch two movies. Oh, hell yeah. And then we and then once I'd get off, we'd get, you know, get the fuck out of there. Yep. I, I wish I could remember movies that I saw, because I can remember some, but I think that they were later iterations of the theater. So I I. Re- I remember watching the Titanic there. Yeah, Leo. Leo, that that was uh, before that was before uh, we worked there. That was that was when we were still, you know, we were still too young. I mean, when did Titanic come out? I mean, we were like what ten? Good question, Corey. What time did what year did Titanic come out? I'm not sure. You know, off the top of your head, late nineties. I'm pretty sure. Pull, Jamie, pull that up. Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While he's pulling that up, he's not as good as Jamie. 1997. Oh, no, so it was a good guess, 97. Yep. So I, I, I remember seeing that there. And another thing I remember seeing there was uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Okay. Brad Pitt, Julia Roberts, I'm pretty sure. James Gandolfini, yeah, absolutely. All right. So the story the story with this is that uh, there was a girl in my, that I met when I was a freshman when I first met her, I was I was sort of sweet on her. I I, I was sweet on her a little bit, and uh, and I ended up she never showed showed any uh, interest in me, and then I ended up dating one of her friends. And uh, anyway, after her a friend and I broke up afterwards, um, her and I went on this. We we as friends we went to see a movie. We went to that movie theater. We saw Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and it was about halfway through that movie when I realized may, maybe we weren't there as friends. Maybe maybe I was on a date. Got it. So it was, so shit got real. Shit got real. I, I started getting very nervous, and I do remember this moment where we, we looked at each other. And we're sitting side by side, so we're close enough. We're very close, you know. And there was this moment where I thought uh, we were going to kiss, but I couldn't pull the trigger because I wasn't sure and didn't want to be embarrassed and was a little bitch. And so we didn't kiss. And uh, afterwards, it was just weird. It felt weird, and I mm-hmm. and I realized. And I, that I lost my opportunity, that I fucked up, that I misread the situation, you know, all those things uh, that, you know, that you feel when you're, yeah. when you're in that situation for the first time. Yep. And her and I never went on another date. Uh, we never hung out as friends again after that. So it's very clear in, in retrospect that, she, that I, I fucked that up. You blew it. I blow it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, they, they do pick up on that sort of thing, you know, the, uh, they can smell out the bitch in people. Women are very intuitive creatures, Kyle. They are. Um, 
That is, I, I remember that feeling from youth though, where you're you're with a girl and you're like sitting close to each other. You you know, and you can tell that maybe if you go in for the kiss, it's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. But you're just like. You can't do it. You're just like, you're afraid to pull the trigger. That feeling sucked Dude, that's so, as a kid. That's so funny. Um, you know, you say that. That feeling, it doesn't It doesn't go away exactly. I mean, it, it does in the sense that once you've kissed, a, you know, a dozen girls or something, it's not like you're going to feel the same level of anxiety when next time you go to kiss a girl. But there are other things in your life that, that you've never done before or, you know, what, not, not enough to feel comfortable where you had that hesitation where you don't believe in yourself or you don't think the things are going to go the yeah. way you think they're going to go. And so many times that keeps you from doing something that would be fun or exciting. So yep. something that, you know, that, that would have been, would have been a good experience. Sure. That happened to me. That happened to me way more than I, I like to admit growing yeah. up, growing up. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But you got anything that you got any uh, other memories? Yeah, I got all kinds of things, man. Um, I remember. Um, do you remember when? All right, so we said a couple times on this podcast that our families weren't weren't well to do. You know, yeah. um, so there was a time when I got to go to the amusement park up here, uh, Cedar Point. Yes, indeed, America's um, rock and roller coast. You got it, <laughs> and I got to go because. Your your aunts were taking kind of the whole family, and mm-hmm. at that point, I don't know. I don't know how I. I mean, I guess I, at that point, I was. I mean, I was pretty. I was family with you guys. I don't know if Pam and Show would have considered me that that way. I but. think that that because I consider you my brother, they they adopted you as that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, That's how my family is. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. If you uh, if I love like if somebody bring if somebody brings someone to us and they're like this person means a lot to us. Um, and they pass the smell test. We're just going to accept you. Especially mom, dad, not so much. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Dad's a little. He, he, Chris knows. That, Chris remembers. That's that's part of his charm. Yeah, it is. So, so your your grandma. Um, I went and saw her. You know, I hadn't seen her in forever. Mm-hmm. And I went and saw your grandma. Um, and I don't remember when it what was. You know, a couple years ago or something. Uh, we went over to her house, and I felt like walking in there. I felt like um, like the last time I walked into your grandma's house, I was like ten years old. Yeah, and that's how I felt. I felt like she, I was completely welcomed, and the way she responded to me, it was like, you know, I was a ten-year-old kid again. Like, yeah, yeah. You're, 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 your family's good. Yeah, you got they're a, good you got a good family. Yep. Um, where were we? What were we talking about just before I got de- derailed? Cedar um, Point. Yeah, Cedar Point. Okay. Exactly. So, you, so we got to go. <laughs> thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> so, so we got. So I got to go to Cedar Point with your family, which was really cool. And uh, I remember this was when. Okay, so first of all, we got to, we stayed on the on a hotel that was on the kind of campus of, yeah. of the theme park. So we got to go in like an hour earlier than everybody than the general public, which which is awesome. Especially when this was like the second year that they had at the time the tallest roller coaster in the world. So it was a brand new roller coaster. It, it was like only a couple seasons old. Is it, this is Millennium Force, right? The Millennium Force. Okay. We waited, so that, so we went right to that, and we ended up waiting a long time, even though there was no line because we got we got right in there. Yeah, there there might have been like forty people ahead of us, which is like nothing at at, at that theme park. It's like you, fifteen minutes we could have been on there, but we waited for like over an hour because apparently in the morning when they're running those roller coasters, they they test run the roller coasters several times every every morning before they start putting people on them, just to make sure there's no issues. So they they did That's a that. Good idea. Yeah. So so they did that, and then all of a sudden we started seeing uh, people on the roller coaster, and the lines moving, and then 
we started seeing empty carts. So we're watching the roller coaster go by and there's nobody on it. So, you know, we were kids and maybe if we were a little older, we would have realized, well, that, that seems weird. So, yeah. some, some, something's not right about this. They were having trouble with the roller coaster in the morning. And we eventually got on the roller coaster. And the very first hill is, you know how it is, click, 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 yep. kind of straight up vertically, real slow, and you just get <clears throat> higher and higher and higher. Dude, the te- I mean, think about how much just natural tension is built up on that. Oh, that. God. It, it really gets you primed for the roller coaster. But. Yeah, I feel like that sound, it's not even necessary. They put that in there just to, just to, just to mess clip, with you. Yeah. Uh, but this is also, guys, this is also at Lake Erie. And, I, and I'm, when I say at Lake Erie, fucking at Lake Erie. So when you get up this, uh, up to the top of this hill, it's like a beautiful view. You can see, you know, you can see everything. The point is, we get right to the top, right before it start to, it's going to release you. And um, we're kind of towards the, towards the back. So we're still, you know, we're, we're like, we're almost back, you know, uh, on, our, on, our, on our backs, basically. And whatever problem was happening with the, with the, um, well, with the, the roller coaster happened. And so they, so we think we're going to go, and we think there's this moment of tension building, building where we're we're getting ready to drop at any minute, and then like people start looking around, and you know we're not dropping, and then so all of a sudden you hear you hear uh, like a click, and then you see uh, the the track go go. So what they've done is they've locked they've locked the the roller coaster in place, and they de uh, disconnected the track, and they took it through around the, the roller coaster track back around and reconnected it to the to the uh, where, you know where we're sitting. Mm-hmm. So it, that takes however long it takes to run the roller coaster. Maybe it's like two minutes, two and a half minutes. So we have two and a half minutes of sitting there in sheer fucking panic, and the kid behind me, or maybe two behind me. It was his first time on a roller coaster, oh, so so kid. he's nervous. He's scared. After the first minute goes by, he's crying. See, <laughs> you got this kid. You've got this kid crying, and this is what I remember. I remember somebody yelling up to somebody sitting uh, in front of them to to throw them a cigarette. Oh, I remember and that too. And they just drop it. <laughs> they just drop this cigarette to the guy. That's all. Um, while this kid is crying in panic behind us. Yeah. And then, so, and then it clicks back in place, and off we go, and it was fucking awesome. Kid was crying for no reason. A little bitch. Jesus. Come on. <laughs> I remember that, too. That and, you know, it's funny. I've been having this desire recently to go up high and just, like, look out at the world from mm. a high vantage point. And I've been thinking, like, what can I do to do that around here? And I've been thinking, like, go to a tall parking garage or something. Um, have, you tried, have you tried marijuana? Yeah, well, that might work. Um, if you want to get a high view. Yeah, uh, get a high view of something low. Mm. <laughs> uh, so here we go. What uh, what else do we got here? Oh, I can keep going. Um, but it's, it sounds like your turn, though. What do you got? Anything? Um, I remember one time, one of the times I was coming down to visit. You know, when I came down, we would sleep in the same bed. So oh, yeah. Sometimes we would sleep like... Head, foot, down, at opposite. Yeah. sometimes not, though. No. Sometimes you just sleep, you know, yeah, both just, heads at the, at the same end. butt to crutch. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I remember one time we were asleep, and your dad popped his head in the room, and he said, drop your cocks and put on your socks. <laughs> and then just, like, hey, just left. And then we went uh, to the driving range, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. But that line will always stick with me. Drop your cocks and put on your socks. I actually said it to Chelsea the other <laughs> Did day. You? Yeah. yeah. What, what do you remember about my dad? I mean, that's a good one, because that's, that's a good Jerryism. But what do you remember about my dad? Anything else? Um, I just remember your dad being, like, 
intimidating, but not like in a scary way, but just like being like Jerry, man. Like I would not want to fuck with Jerry. No. I, like you would, you didn't want Jerry to be mad at you. Nope. Uh, kind of just in the way that you don't want dads to be mad at yeah. you. That like authoritative father figure. Yeah. You know. You're right. At that age, dads dads are all the same guy. Yeah. You just it's it's an archetype. It's an archetype. It's, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I remember that. I remember. Uh, I remember your dad's old truck. Yep. The old, uh, it was a Toyota, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, That truck was pretty it like, sweet. It had a, the, the, the uh, uh, bed of that truck was, the truck was so rusted, man. Yeah. Um, it went probably, it, there was holes in the bed that you yeah. could see through. And the, uh, and the, the fenders were completely eaten away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, and that, that truck just kept going, man. That was a good truck. Like it was, it must've been like an early nineties toy, small Toyota. Did your dad do work on it himself? You know what, man? My my dad. Uh, a lot of the cars we got when I was growing up were cars he got f- through work. Yeah. So a lot of times, if people would go to get their their car repaired, and my dad worked on transmissions. It's, it's expensive mm-hmm. to repair a transmission. So sometimes people would would say it's not worth it. I'm just I'm not even going to go pick it up. It's not worth the cost. I'm just going to forfeit the car. And of course, they have one of those signs that says if the car is here for more than like you know 48 hours after the job's done, then it becomes property of the shop. So that's how we got most of the cars we, we got. That's how we got our, our little minivan that I learned to drive in. That's how my dad, I'm sure it's how he got his truck. Yeah. So, um, I remember going fishing with your dad a couple of times. That's a, that's, that's a good memory, man. I remember one time we went fishing and it was, this was like much later in life. This was maybe like 10 years ago or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah, somewhere in there, 10 years ago, something like that. We went to, um, what's the place up there? Hoover. Hoover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, your dad had the cool boat that had the remote, the remote control. Oh yeah. That's pretty sweet. Uh, I have a Hoover reservoir story. Yeah. Um, I went up there one time. Um, do you remember, you remember back in the day, you remember back in the day when old Navy, all right. So Kyle mentioned on the podcast, uh, on the last, uh, reminiscing podcast about when we were kids that I had, uh, all different colored shoelaces to put in my shoes to match with the clothes I was wearing. So fast forward a few years, um, when when Old Navy had those like two dollar flip flops, I had every oh, yeah. color yeah, flip flop, including including some of the girls' colors that they didn't have in, in guys' uh, sizes. I just get a, a couple sizes up, and I get the pink ones and the purple ones because I you never know in a, in a situation what color flip flops you're gonna. That's need. true. That's true. You might need some pink pink flip flops to match your book bag. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's an it's an inside joke, but for the audience, I carried a pink book bag. As, as, kind of as a joke uh, because you know nobody nobody w- would have done that and uh, I did that for all, last two years of high school and the last and the first few few years of college I had a, p- a pink book bag I did it too in my freshman year of high school as an homage to you nice yeah. <laughs> nice awesome um, oh so anyway at the reservoir the reason I tell you about flip flops is I was wearing flip flops that day I uh, went to the reservoir and the sun was going down and the reservoir has these like uh it has these sand, uh, I don't know what they are. It's like peninsulas that go out into the lake a little bit, into the reservoir. And if you if you kind of walk down the rocks, uh, you're not supposed to, but people do. And the people will build fires there. Homeless people will be sleeping there. There's garbage all over the place. It's kind of gross. But we, we walk down there onto that little sandy shoal, and you walk out into the water a little bit, and the sun's going down. It's beautiful. And I was with my, the, I was with my ex-wife, and um, so we're just, we're just walking. At which point I step on a broken bottle. Oh God! And it was half buried in the sand. Just some somebody was out there partying and left their bottle. 
uh, it goes right through the heel. Oh God. Right, oh God. It goes right. All my weight stepped onto it, dude. It goes straight through my, my little foam flip flop from old Navy. that cost $2 offering me zero protection. Mm-hmm. If this was D and D this, this, this item would have a negative two defense. It was not good. <laughs> I, I step, I step onto this broken piece of glass and, uh, it went through my sh- uh, heel, uh, through my flip flop into my heel. So I lift my leg up, right? So I bend my knee, lift my leg up, and here's this fucking bottle sticking out of oh, my foot. God, <laughs> I have to reach down and grab it and pull it out of my foot. Oh, God. I have no idea how bad it is. Uh, it's At this point, it's pretty dark. So I just throw the bottle. I'm like, we, we got to get the fuck out of here. So I, I'm walking back up these ro- rocky, you know, uh, uh, hill up to the, to the car, and I can hear the slush... Oh, I can hear. So you're gushing. I'm gushing. Okay. And I can feel the. I can feel the <coughs> the warmth on my foot. I know I'm bleeding Is bad. Is it slippery at all? It's slippery. It's sticky because okay. I'm oh, I'm blood. stepping yeah. on it over and over again. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I finally get up to the uh, to the car, and I this was the very first time. Uh, it was a, it was a new car, brand new car, and I I was a dumb kid and bought a brand new car, and my dad co-signed for me, prince of a man, um, and I never missed one payment, and I was never late. Hell yeah. So I did what I had to do, but. Um, the the brand new car had a, a first aid kit in the car, so that's cool. If if, if it wasn't for that, I would I don't know what I would have done, but I just cleaned it up with the first aid kit, wrapped it up, and went home and did get stitches. I probably should have didn't go to the ER. Probably should have. I just uh, did what a dumb you know eighteen year old kid does and just let it heal. <laughs> just let just hey, put a little you, Neosporin on it. <laughs> it turned out just fine. Uh, um, you know, speaking of injuries, let's talk about uh, the Godsmack concert. Uh, that's all, that's on my list. That. Is it? Yeah, that's it's my my bullet point is first first rock show Godsmack broken leg. So when I was this was like uh, maybe two years after I moved up here, I'm like 15, 16. My favorite band is Godsmack. Uh, love that band. Uh, I still I still can get down to some Godsmack, but so I that was the first time. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That was the second time I'd ever seen them. Uh, I had tickets, uh, I wanted to go, so I knew I was going to take you, uh, and we ended up going with some, some girl that you knew, like a friend from high school. Um, we did? Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Um. Oh, I think I know. Go ahead. remember? Yeah, Yeah, so, so we go, and the lineup is Puddle of Mud, The Deftones, and Godsmack. Got it. Um, so Puddle of Mud, we show up and Puddle of Mud's almost done. Okay, like they're playing She Fucking Hates Me. That's the song that they close with. Uh, and then it's the break in between, and then the Deftones come out. And let me tell you, I like the Deftones now more than I like Godsmack. Yeah. Deftones are a sweet band. Uh, so, you know, we were getting into it a little bit, you know, but more than anything, we were just kind of joking. Like we were pretending to mosh. We weren't in a mosh bit. Yeah. Uh, and I like, you know, put my shoulder down and I go to charge you like, uh, like in a mosh pit and you bull Toro me out of the, you like you, you're uh, what are those people called? The bullfighters, the Spanish bullfighters. You like dodge me and like push my back on the way through. See, I, I like to think it was more of a luchador move. It was more of like, yeah. a, <laughs> all right, that's fine. It was more of an awesome spin. No, no, it, it, it was, uh. It was self-preservation. A big guy, a big guy like yourself, you know. And, and when Kyle says we were getting into it, uh, you know, he he means we were getting into the music, but we were also, 
you know, we're kids and they're, you know, we're standing in the cheap seats, in the lawn seats, watching the people who had expensive tickets down close to the band, you know, moshing and having fun. And we wanted to fucking be a part of that. It was, you know. We were too big of pussies to go get in, like, the the mosh pit, though. That's like true. Because uh, there's a mosh pit in the, in the uh, I keep wanting to call it the field. What's it called? Yard. The yard. Yeah, yeah whatever. Um, so we could have gone and gotten into a mosh pit, but we would just prefer to mosh with each other. Yeah, we so. <laughs> just with just two guys <laughs> just hitting each other like it, like oh, oh, fucking idiots. So I, yeah, I put my shoulder down and I'm coming at you, and you, you tore up. I did, I did. You, whatever. Matador. I matadored exactly. you. Thank you, Corey. Uh, so <laughs> I go. You know the the yard has got kind of a slight downward slope to it. You know. It does, yep. And I, I, you know, my my weight's moving, and I go forward, and I, like, kind of trip, and I fall, like, I kind of fall, and I dig my my toe into the ground, and then all of my weight mm. comes down and, like, just forces my foot to bend backwards the wrong way. Um, and I broke my leg. I, I mean, I broke it pretty bad. I thought it was... You know, we st- I stayed. I stayed. You know, they took me down to the the injured area. Yeah, I had to call my dad and be like, uh, "I want to stay," but they told me I have to get your permission. And he was like, "I don't know. I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you what I remember. What I remember from my point of view, I remember when you fell. I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. Well, by the way, when Kyle says all of his weight came down on it, you have to remember what I told you. Uh, in an earlier podcast, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle and I were fat kids. So when he says all his weight came down, we're talking about a significant. I think this was a thinner point for me. Still significant. Still, I was a big guy. Enough, yeah. to, enough to break your leg. And oh, yeah. uh, and so this is what I remember. I remember your eyes when you <laughs> when you made eye contact with me for the first time, laying on your back on the ground, and you said your eyes were big, and it was like so serious to look in your face, and you were like, I think it's broken. That's that's what you said. Yeah. I think I broke it. I think I broke my leg. Something like that. And the look in your eyes, the seriousness of the look in your eyes, I was just like, you know, fuck. What, <laughs> what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, and I don't remember how you got to the to the medical tent. They they saw it happen. Oh, they People did? People saw it happen, okay. and they sent a wheelchair up. Yeah. And, and so I do remember I do remember you coming back in a wheelchair. Yeah. And I, And then I remember you climbing out. And laying on the f- ground and f- watched, watching the rest of the concert, oh, laying yeah, on the ground with a broken leg. Godsmack, baby. I'm not missing it. And uh, <coughs> I didn't remember that you had to call your dad. And that well, he, that didn't, you guys didn't oh, have to. You, that happened down in yeah, the medical yeah. tent area. And the fact that he was okay with you, with no, knowing that you were hurt. I mean, he didn't know how bad you I'm were. I'm glad hurt. I didn't have to call my mom. Did they, knew, did they say it was broken at the time? No, no. They just... They had, you know, like a, maybe a paramedic like look at it, and um, I think he, yeah, he definitely didn't think I should stay, but I was like, I'm fucking staying. <laughs> so you watched the entire Godsmack set from from the from the ground. Yeah, sitting down. And then we went home, yeah. and then you went to sleep, yeah. and then you woke up, yeah. and then you went to the hospital. Yeah, and you remember how bad it looked? It was like swollen up to the size of a. Like, bigger than a softball. Oh, yeah, I mean, was, it was big, and it was, like, dark blue, like, dark purple, and had some green in there. And, it was super scary. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, that uh, is, is connected to your inability to play sports uh, for, you know, for basically the rest of the rest of your school career. Uh, no, I think I probably could have. Uh, I, you know, I was... Uh, it was grades that prevented me from mm. playing sports more than... Because, I mean, I feel like... 
you know, I'm I'm maybe a little overweight, but I feel like I'm still pretty athletic, and I feel like if I wanted to like play some community sports or something, oh, yeah. I could easily do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was more like grades and attitude that mm. kept me from, you know, playing sports. You know, I was more interested in uh, whatever the fuck I was interested in in high school. Was that the only bone you ever broke? Only bone I ever broke. Mm. Yeah. I had to have surgery. I had to have two surgeries on it, one to put screws in, one to take mm. those screws out. So I um, I have two two stories. First of all, while we're talking about being at the amphitheater, yeah. I, I want to talk about the Warp Tour. Oh, fucking A. But before we do that, I want to tell you, because you were talking about bolts, there was a kid I went to high school with. He was like a scrappy, kind of like white trashy kind of guy, but scrappy. And uh, he was always, he was always fighting. Sounds like a guy I don't want to fight. I don't know why yeah, you're he, always. That's exactly the kind of guy I don't want to fight. Like, he, scrappy little white trash yeah, dude. And, no he, and he's like smaller smaller than most of the guys, so he yeah. has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Got that Napoleon complex. Yeah. But he was a nice guy. Yeah. But this is the thing. He he got in a fight with a kid and broke his arm. Broke his arm, you know, in the fight somehow. And then uh, he had a cast on his arm, and I remember seeing him with the cast on his arm. And then he comes back to school uh, you know f- several days later the cast is gone and he's got this he's got these metal pins oh, that shit. stick out of his arm with a metal rod that, that goes in between the pins and it's all on the outside of his arm and I was like dude what happened and he said he said that the kid that, that he fought when he broke his arm uh, he was walking by his house and he was in, in the garage working on something and the kid said talk some shit okay. so this this kid Saws off his cast while he's in the garage and goes back out and beats this and beats this kid's ass again. Jesus Christ! And, and obviously re-injured. He hit him with his broken arm. Yeah. So the the doctor at that point was like, "Well, I guess, I guess we, you can't be trusted with a cast. We're gonna have to put these fucking pens in your." These, That's insane. You know? Yeah. So he he ended up having these sort of semi permanent, you know, titanium freaking rods in his arm. Yeah. So yeah, Wolverine, <laughs> like Wolverine, Ad, adamantium. Oh man. That's insane. Uh, that's that's a kid who likes to fight. That's yeah. a kid who would just, you know, like I said, I don't want to fight that uh, guy. Nope. That's insane. Um, so what was that that story connected to? The Warp Tour. I want to talk about the Warp, Warp Tour. Tour. Okay, let's talk about Warp Tour. So the, the venue where, where you and I went to see that, that Godsmack concert, yeah. this is, it's the same venue, yeah. uh, at least the early Warp Tours. Yeah. Um, big venue, outdoor. Um, what do you remember? Because going to the Warp Tour... At that time, at that time, this was in the early days. This was when uh, punk rock was making a resurgence in the in the late '90s, early 2000s. Screamo had just kind of be, begun as a as a subcategory of that of that sure. type of, of punk rock. The scene the scene was built up around it. This was this was back when the X Games and skating were Huge. were, were hugely popular. Yeah. And it had come back from the 80s. It had come back to this resurgence. This was in the Tony Hawk days. So there was the skating, there was the punk rock, and the Warp Tour. And and that coming of age, for us, getting out on our own, going to this concert, that was a big deal. And we, yeah. we went several times year after year. What do you remember? I didn't go to as many Warp Tours as you did. That oh, was true. more of a you and Matt thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I went to a few Warp Tours. Uh, I think I only went to one down there in Columbus with you guys, though. Yeah. Um, and that was one. One thing I specifically remember is seeing the band The Spill Canvas yeah. and not being blown away. Yeah. And like really liking their music on, you know, the CDs and whatnot, but just seeing them and not really just being like, eh. No, I completely agree with you. Uh, that's a band that my wife will, 
will she refuses to listen to she thinks they're terrible even the record the professional yeah. recordings yeah. she thinks are absolutely terrible Dude, staple gun come on it's a on. good song it's a good song but uh you know they do they do um, you know, I don't want to make this comparison because I don't know enough. To, I, I was gonna, I was gonna talk about how their kind of non-traditional cadence um, in, in their singing. You know, it was like the lyrics were drawn out a little bit more than sure. what you would like them to be. It didn't yeah. sound clean enough, and I just, I just reminded me of some of the complexities of intentionally doing that. And so I was going to compare the spill canvas to Tool, and I decided I better not do that. I mean, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not like one of these people. I'm sure there are Tool fans who would be like, uh, but I'm not one of those people. I mean, I think that Tool's music is seems to be much more complex but oh it is i sure. mean the spill canvas i completely agree with everything you just said like they're kind of in that genre of emo yeah punk indie kind of yeah. um but they do things just uh, differently enough to where i'm like no there's something that I, I like something about I, I, that i do too i, yeah. do, I do too uh, but i do remember seeing them live i think they're still a band i think i think they are yeah uh, I remember seeing them live, and, I, and th again, this was in the early days, and, and they were kids. I mean, to be yeah, fair, yeah, to be fair, th they may they may have been Out seventeen or eighteen it. years old, yeah. but they had zero stage presence, and it was so boring. It was like, um, <coughs> oh man, I, I don't even know what analogy to use. I, I kind of want to say like, if you, you ever like have sex with somebody who's not into it, let's say, sure. or, or something, it's like you know, uh, it was it was hard to get to the end of that show yeah. it was like you know at some point i just want to wipe my dick off and get out of there good lord do you remember seeing anyone else during <laughs> that, was a, that um, analogy was great i um, uh i i do i remember listen i remember certain bands that i that blew me away the first time i heard the matches Oh. Um, I was at the Warp Tour. They were on a small stage because this was before they got big. But it was it was after the release of that album, um, Kat Von D killed the locals or whatever it's called. Kat Von D, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever it's called, and um, and I, so it's Yvonne Dahl, I think. Okay, killed well, the locals. Yeah, but well, you know, potato, potato, tomato. Exactly. So I, I heard them. I heard them from a distance, and I was like, yeah. "Who is that?" And I walked up, you know, walked up a little closer. They didn't have a big crowd because nobody knew them. And I, I was just dumbfounded. And I, and dog-eared page is what they closed with. And you know, that was like their, that was like their the big, single. their big hit off. And, yeah. and, and it was not even close to the best song on that album. No, that was a great. It's funny you mentioned them because I was, I, I've been listening to them a little bit recently. So good, yeah, man. pretty good. If anybody, if anybody hasn't heard that that first matches album, you should, you should look that up. It's very good. Um, so. What are some other uh, Warp Tour bands that you saw that, like, let me, I'll tell you one Warp Tour experience that I had. I was watching The Devil Wears, this is not the same Warp Tour, this is like late, in later years. Yeah. Um, I was watching The Devil Wears Prada, <laughs> and I'm a fat kid, you know, like 20-something at that point, maybe like 22, and uh, I'm wearing uh, a shirt with cut-off sleeves and basketball shorts and, like, a, a sweatband, you know? Because <laughs> War Tour, it's hot and sweaty. Oh, it's super hot, yeah. Uh, and I'm in... I am in the pit for that. And I'm trying to do, like, these cool hardcore dances. And I, 
I sprain my ankle, right? <laughs> so I sprain my ankle. I go over to the side and I'm like, ah, yeah, sprain my ankle. I, you know, like, like let it get, let it go for a second. Yeah. And uh, let it cool off. And then I get back in and I immediately <laughs> sprain the other ankle. I shit you not. Oh, you bitch. Uh, so the, my day is basically just ruined. That was like the most miserable warp tour. Uh, and you got to walk the whole time. The whole time. Uh. Man, I'm just dying. But uh, I remember the first time I saw Taking Back Sunday at the Warp Tour, and the first time I saw The Academy Is. Okay. And and I can't remember which band it was. One of the two. Maybe it was. It probably. It sounds more like Taking Back Sunday, where the guy was. Uh, oh, Corey showing us a picture yeah, from back in the day. Oh, terrific! Oh, yeah, that's a good Warp Tour picture. <laughs> Just look how miserable <laughs> I look. <laughs> oh God. So, in any case, uh, in any case, what, what was I talking about? Um, Corey. I'm sorry. He wasn't paying attention. Son of a gun. <laughs> I lost it. What was it? Uh, oh, uh, I was talking about Taking Back Sunday and the Academy. Oh, yes, there you go. Boom. And uh, But first of all, both of those bands, when I saw them for the first time, completely mind-blowing. And I, and I knew the bands before I saw them live, yeah. but they were not disappointing. Uh, and and again, this was probably Taking Back Sunday, where he's, he's singing into the microphone. He's spinning it around oh, like he does. Man, that's Adam, for sure. Right, Adam? Yeah. He's spinning it around, but then he would spin it around his neck. Yeah. And it would go all the way around his neck to the point of choking him. It, the, the, the mic would bounce off and spin back the other way, and then he would pull it back to his hand, and so theatrical and so fucking awesome, and it, yeah. it just left an impression, man. You know who was good with that kind of shit, too, was Burt McCracken from Burt The Used. McCracken. I never saw them at Warp Tour. Actually, I don't think I ever saw The Used, period. L- listen, I saw The Used with my wife, and... Uh, and it was like late in the in in it was relatively recently. Okay. And this is my thing about the used. When that when their first album came out, uh, it was tremendous. There was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Box full of sharp objects. Oh man! If, if you guys haven't heard box full of sharp objects, listen to it. And it's not going to have the same impression on you on the, the the younger people listening to this. If you go and you listen to it, because you've got all that. All that metal and all that, you know, that scream core and all that stuff that's that's been out for ever now. But back then we didn't have that. And when Burt McCracken got up there and screamed the way he did in that visceral way, when nobody taught that guy how to sing, nobody taught him how to scream. And the re and and the reason it sounded so raw and so good is because he was doing it wrong. And he he nearly paralyzed his vocal cords. Damn. And then he couldn't do the screaming anymore. Yeah. So when I went to see him live, oh. it was when he couldn't scream anymore. Got it. And can you imagine being there live watching the you sing Box Full of Sharp Objects and, just... and somebody else is doing the screaming? Oh, really? They have someone else screaming. Somebody huh? else. And so it's not at all the same. Before Bert heard his, heard his vocal cords, that guy, like, like you were talking about with Tool. Yeah. He can go from the screaming to the sweet singing. Yeah. And the transition is so smooth. He's got a great voice. Had. Had. I yeah. I mean, I mean, well, I don't know. He's, it, the band's still awesome. I don't listen to it anymore. I didn't follow it, you know, um, beyond like maybe album number three. Yeah. And he's done a lot of good stuff. Uh, but but the point is, that guy used to have the most incredible scream, and it's it's dead. Yeah. Poor fella. Well, pour one out for Burt McCracken's voice. <clears throat> um, so... Do you? Uh, I don't know. You uh, you got any other Warp Tour? Corey, you got any Warp Tour? Who's the best band you ever saw at Warp Tour? Can you th- can you think that anything memor- that's, that's memorable? That's a tough question. There's a lot of good people there. Yeah, so. but just anything memorable. Anything that that comes to mind? I'd say Under Oath and Devil Wears Prada. Oh, dude, Under Oath. Under Oath. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Devil Wears Prada too. Do you like Devil Wears Prada, Chris? I. They're a little heavy. They're a little heavy for my taste. Um, 
there was a time when I was hanging out with Aaron and listening to a lot more of that yeah. type of music that I did develop a taste for certain of those bands. Yeah. And the Devil Wears Prada was not one of the ones I hated. Um, it, you know, uh, the ones I liked the most were um, We Came as Romans and um, there was another one. Uh, it's, it's escaping me. Anyway, um, for me, when it, when the, with the screaming... With the screaming part of the vo- of the vocals, if the verses are screaming and the choruses are singing, which is what you get nowadays from these 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 you know hard hard bands like in that in that uh, genre, uh, to me it's it takes away so much of the power of the screaming because there's too fucking much of it. What Burt McCracken would do would sing is sing the song, and when when the chorus came or whenever he felt like it, he would just put he would just grind out a scream. Yeah, uh, and sometimes it was a chorus. Sometimes it was like it was like a vocal that was that was spanning a bridge in the song, um, you know that when it's where it's punctuated with the, yeah. with the visceral screaming that is dope. I love that. Yeah, uh, you you always have loved that when it does it, the screaming adds like an emphasis to the emotion of it. Yes, um, I don't really view the screaming as strictly that. I think that stream you know screaming is. You know, like there are a bunch of different techniques. Some techniques for the guitar you use for metal. Some of it you're using you know, a flamenco for the the Spanish type mm. acoustic shit. And uh, I think that screaming in like a, a very heavy metal band is it's just like another singing technique. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't think about it as adding emphasis. I think if if all of it's like that, then you're gonna find the emphasis de- emphasis in different places, different ways. Um, I think with bands like Devil Wears Prada. Just get rid of the singing. Just like uh, you know, yeah. Just, 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 just have the screaming. Yeah. I mean, you're so good at it. That dude's got such a good scream. Just have all of it be screaming. Yep. Um, uh, oh, I have, a, I have one for you. Yeah. Um, so, so I have these bullet points for each one of these memories because I know them so well. I don't have to like write it out. I just have bullet points like we yeah. talked about before. Um, and I have, I have the hang. The hang. The hang. Uh, and I have, I have now. I, uh, I'm afraid to say it. Okay. I have the hang, and I also have black black guy D and D. That's Eddie's house. I'm talking oh. about talking about Eddie's house. Yeah, yeah. So this was a place that became the hang for us. The place where we were hanging out. It was a place where we didn't have parents. So um, you know, so so Ed, so Eddie's another another one of the kind of the the old the old gang, you might say. Yeah. And uh, he was in an interesting situation where where his he had a house kind of all to himself. And his mom moved away with his younger siblings, and he was living there, kind of, kind of, pretty much on his own at an age when I don't remember, but guys should not have been on his own. But he was just, just, just do, he's just doing it, and he continued to go to school and everything, and living there by himself. And uh, but this was a place that I could walk to from my house, and we could go there and hang out and not have any supervision. Absolutely. Um, and the reason I say black guy D and D is because uh, well Eddie's a, Eddie's a, he's a black guy, but uh, but but that's where I that's where I played Dungeons and Dragons for the first time yeah. at like at like an age when I was too old to have, be getting into D and D like people people who were playing Dungeons and Dragons were doing it when they were kids I was I was like sixteen or something like what, what are you guys doing Let, let's let's get out um, of this action but it was it was interesting because like because Eddie was like a cool, he was like a cool guy you know he was uh, yeah Eddie's great he, you know he was like. Uh, all the signs of being cool, you know. He like, you know, he he sat in, sat in the back seat of the bus. He, you know, he like, you know, he, he at one point he wore a white he wore a white bulletproof vest to school. Yeah. Um, 
they took the plates out, obviously. Yeah. But as a fashion statement, this dude had a white T-shirt with a white bulletproof vest on and was going to school. That was that was his that that was his garment. And I just remember thinking to myself, "Fuck that guy's cool. He's wearing a bulletproof vest. <laughs> this guy's awesome." And he and he and he's and Eddie's an, he's an awesome guy. Uh, but the point is, his house was the hang, and there were no rules there, and there were guys of, like all ages living there as roommates, helping him pay the pay the bills. And uh, what do you remember about that? About the hang? Uh, I do. What, one thing I remember about it. I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing about it, man. <laughs> the black guy in the back of the he bus. He said, "Yeah, he said Eddie's a cool black guy." He sat on the back of the bus. <laughs> Well, listen, I, I, oh, um, so, so now that you point that out, I got to explain it. Where the cool kids um, sit. Yes, that's exactly. So yeah. if, if you went to school in the 90s like I did, uh, it was cool. The, the back seat, few seats of the bus were reserved for the cool kids. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, know. I never got to sit in the back of the bus. Yeah, Eddie definitely, I mean, if the back of the bus is where the cool kids are sitting, that's definitely where Eddie belongs. Eddie's always been cool as hell. Um, I do remember... When we first started going down there, Eddie liked me, right? Yep. And then there was a period where Eddie kicked me out. Oh, yeah. Right? Because he thought that I had stole something from his brother or something like that. Yep. Which, to be fair, I can completely understand why Eddie would think that because I stole a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I, like, bragged about it because I, I, I thought I was good at it. I was, like, good at getting away with it. Yep. I don't know how much of this I should be saying publicly, yeah. but yep. statute of limitations, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I understand where he's coming from, but the the funny thing is I, I did not steal. I would never do that. Yep. You know, I was I would steal from like stores and shit like that, yeah. but I wouldn't steal. I wouldn't have stole from his brother. So. Well, he, he well, he ended up Oh, his, yeah, his he brother reversed. ended up his brother ended up being a little bit a little bit of a shady character as as a teenager. I, I you know, I, I don't obviously I don't know him anymore, but yeah. um do you I just remember him racking up. I remember him racking up a tremendous amount of pay-per-view porn. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So so Eddie so Eddie got the bill. And that's how he found out that oh, his that shit. his little brother had been racking it up, yeah. uh, because remember, no adults around. We yeah, do whatever we want. Yeah, and uh, and I just, I remember Eddie making him hold cans oh, of like peas. I remember that and too. He, and he had to keep his hands stretched out on both sides of him like a T. And and after a while, those 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 cans of peas feel like lead weights. Yeah. And every time his arms would start to go uh, to go down, Eddie would punch him in the stomach and make him pull him back up. And you know what though? Eddie was in the was in the armed forces. And yeah. I, and I I don't know if that ever happened to him, but it seems like the kind of discipline you would you would yeah, see does. in the army. Um Eddie did eventually reverse course and like me again because, yeah. you know. Yeah, I don't I have no idea if Eddie likes me. I love Eddie. I love Eddie, man. I, I hope he knows that. And if he ever listens to this, I hope he hears that. I always have. Um, I, I admire. I admired him. I looked up to him. Uh, he facilitated so much of my growing up during that time. And he doesn't know how much I appreciate him and all the stuff that uh, you know. Anyway, I just, I just hope Matt tell tell Eddie I said that. Yeah, Eddie's uh, Eddie's a great guy in a lot of ways. So, um, but yeah, just that that time. Mm. I remember a Halloween party we had at that house where I came dressed as you. Do you remember that? I have a I have a picture of it actually. Yeah, yeah. you 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 came dressed as me. 
which which was awesome. Yeah. Describe that. Describe that, by the way. I mean, basically, what it was is I had a costume that you ended up using. Yep. It was a Frankenstein. Yep. Um, I had that costume, but I was at the Halloween shop with everyone else shopping for costumes, and I saw this wig. It was this big curly ass black wig, and I was like, "That looks like Chris's hair." So uh, basically, I bought it and I wore like you know a Pac Sun t shirt, like a Billabong t shirt, yeah, yeah. pair of jeans. Boom! I'm Chris. Oh, and I drew your you beard on with yes, like you mascara. Did. Yes, you did. So one of my so one of my points of pride, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, the ability to grow a beard at a very young age. So I had, uh, first of all, I had these dope-ass Disco Inferno sideburns. You did. Uh, that went all the way down to, like, the, like the um, just basically to, like, the, the point of my chin. So the middle part of my chin was still empty, but both sideburns came almost all the way down. It just wasn't quite connecting. Um, and I, at, a, at a pretty young age, I had these dope-ass chops that I, that I wore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But at a, at a very early age, I was able to have that beard. So Kyle, who, could bar- who barely has eyebrows because his hair is so light, uh, drew in a beard with, like, makeup or something. I got a pretty sweet beard now. But, yes, you do. Yes, you but, do. But, yeah, back then, man, I, the beard was not my strong suit at that point in time. Uh, so, yeah, I was you for Halloween. That was, that was pretty funny. Um, that was the time where... I mean, we're hanging out with Matt all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt is officially the third leg of the tripod, as you mentioned yes, at yes. this point. Um, you know that Eddie's house, Mary and Laura and them are hanging out there too, yep. right? Yep. Like they're in, in the early days. In yeah. the early days, yep. All right, so that's the you know that era. Uh, do you remember going to that WWE pay per view? Oh yeah, Bad Blood. Oh yeah. Yep. I went to I went to uh, more than one of those with you with either you or I Matt only or went both. To one. Yeah, I can't remember. I only went to the one, the Bad Blood, which was fucking sweet. Uh, we got to have those chairs. Do you remember yeah. that? I don't know what had happened to mine, man. Mm. I think when I moved back down to Columbus, I think it. I, I left some stuff there, and when I came back, it was all gone. I had a guitar there. It was you know I just never saw that shit again. Mm. So. Well, listen, man, I. I uh, I'm going through my list. I've got the hooray for boobies and the Eminem stuff we talked about. Yeah. Um, we already talked about the Kim and Kathy stuff, so I so I don't have any of that to talk about. I'm pretty I'm pretty much um, dry, but I do want to ask you. Uh, I, I want to get into because I think when when we go, um, do you think we have enough material to do another one of these, or do you want to just try to plow through this? Um, I think we have enough material to do another one for sure. Okay, because because I want to I want to get into kind of like the dark the darker stuff that we said we were we were going to get to. Yeah. Um, but I want to ask you a question first. Um, so I for the audience I have a sister and she's my twin sister so we're exactly the same age and what and that had some it had some benefits uh, growing up meaning that all of her friends were were my age and if I had if they were coming over to to hang out with her or to sleep over or whatever I had. I had these pretty girls in my house. So it was, it was kind of cool having a sister my age and, ha- and having that going on. But my question is, you growing up with me all, all, the, you know, all that time, were you ever sweet on my sister? Um, n- not so much, really. I mean I, you know, I mean, I may have had like a little bit of a crush on your sister at one point in time, but not, you know, it was more of a, uh, a sister-brother relationship, yeah. Be- especially because... When me and her first met, her and I first met, whatever it is, yep. um, 
we were kids and oh, yeah. there was not really that kind of a maybe you know maybe kids have a little bit of like having crushes but back then it really was like a brother sister kind of a thing yeah that makes sense so you know you know maybe one because you know jenna's a pretty you know she was a pretty girl she's still a pretty girl yeah, yeah absolutely a beautiful woman whatever yeah, yeah. um but you know shout out uh, to my sister but yes yeah, so by the time i was old enough to really be having that feeling i think there was still that um residual sis you know uh, sibling bond. Yep. You know, no. now that makes sense. Like you, you know, you grow up with her for, you know, basically your whole life. There's something a little bit weird about that. Um, you know, because we, we did, our families were so close that we hung out so, so much. You and I, it, you know, probably was a little bit weird. Uh, and then the only time you're willing to, um, you're willing to like step over those lines when you're like, you know, when you're a teenager and your hormones are going crazy and you, yeah. don't, you don't give a shit about shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then other, after that brief window, you know, yeah, exactly. Friend zone for the rest of your life. Uh, okay, so you want to introduce the dark stuff because where I, where I see that, <laughs> where where I see that with you is, um, I mean, I've got multiple dark periods. Okay, like we're so we're entering dark territory for me, and yeah. I don't know that it's necessary like necessarily. It it gets dark, then it gets light, and then it gets dark again. Or if it's just it gets dark and it keeps getting darker, you know, I don't know. So, yeah. well, I think that's true. I think I think it for you it gets dark and it keeps getting darker, punctuated by moments of yeah, moments of, of brief of brief you know, flashes. Light. But but um, that's not that's not. I mean, it's a different situation now. So mm-hmm. well, you know, fast forward to the modern day. Yeah. You know, you 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 have, you've successfully overcome all of that so there's a there's a happy ending um you know i, I mean it's to be continued obviously sure. you're still a young man yeah but, but uh um i'm not a young man I, but you know i don't feel young yep <laughs> so my so my dark period uh and i i kind of feel like i i, le- I led a pretty charmed life you know um at least i don't hold i don't hold a lot of grudges i don't i don't have a lot of bad memories that i hold on to mm-hmm. so it kind of seems like i lived a pretty charmed life i didn't have a lot of uh you know, bullshit to deal with. Um, but I did have a, uh, one particularly, uh, standout mistake that I made that, um, that put, put me into a bit of a tailspin for a while. So I don't know if we want to talk about that or save all that stuff for the next one, but I just queued it up for the audience that, sure. that, uh, it has to do with, uh, you know, let's, uh, I mean, I, I've been married twice. So it has to, it has to do with my, well, everything that led up to my first marriage and how that fell apart. Yeah. So. I think I think we should save that for. I mean, you know, we can address it a little bit, but uh, I think we should save it. I for think the I just did part. address it a little bit. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> we did that. Uh, I mean, the darkness for me definitely kind of starts in that same area. You know, like that same period of time, like right when you guys are getting married, and it's because you know I moved down. This that's the point where I moved down to Columbus the first time, and me and Matt were in that apartment. Um, you know, the first one. Yep. Um, and I was just like, I don't know, man, starting to realize that, uh, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's a scary time in everybody's life Yeah. to realize that. Yeah. Um, and then there's a point where you're, you're on your own more or less. And you think you've, uh, you think you're, you've accomplished some, some difficult goal, which is putting on your big boy pants and, and being able to live you know, off, off your own, you know, you're the sweat of your own brow, let's say yeah. you're not living at home anymore. Or you're independent. And then you ask the question, now what? Yep. And that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of people have that experience when they, when they graduate college, like, now what? 
What, yeah. what, what, you know, what are we doing? You just like, it's like you hit pause almost. You're just like stuck, you know? Yeah. Um, and some people never get out of that hole. Yeah. Uh, so that was like the beginning. That was maybe like the beginning of the darkness, uh, maybe making me kind of, uh, it's just given me a lot of anxiety, you know? Mm. But I mean, there was, there's a lot more. Can I, can I ask you this question? Um, so guys, we talked, we talked about, um, Kyle and Matt, uh, so obviously Matt, Matt being the third leg of the tripod and us being the, you know, the, the three amigos or something. Um, and there was a, and obviously a time where you, you and him lived together. You and I never lived together and me and Matt never lived together. And that's, that's one of the biggest regrets of my life that I never got a chance to, to, Have the to, to, to live with you guys. It would have been a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, but you guys obviously did. Um, and I wondered about this. There was, t- there was a time when, when Kyle dated same girl that Matt had dated for a while. Yeah, that was. And and you guys were like best, you know, best buds and living together. Yeah, I mean, it's a stupid mistake. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, her Mary, that girl we we mentioned her earlier. She's a great girl. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything bad about her. Um, but you know, in that moment, uh, it was apparent that we liked each other to to her and I and I asked Matt I was like do you care if we if we like date yeah. and he said no no big deal um so you know I felt like I had done what I needed to do uh but just in general it was not I you know it's not a good idea yeah no of course do you yeah. do you remember how long it had been since they broke up I don't yeah I don't remember it's been a while but I mean, you, you guys were you guys were living in you were living with Matt while you were dating her right yeah okay so that to me uh that's so weird man like yeah it was weird this is a, yeah. I don't want. I don't want to get into like too, too much details because we use names and everything, and it's just weird. But uh, that, that's another part of um, the darkness that that comes up is that eventually, you know, Mary and I break up, and that's like my first like breakup where, I you know I, at least in that moment, I really ima- was imagining that I cared about that person. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. again, not saying anything shitty about her, but you know. I think that for me, pretty much every relationship I get into, it makes the one before it be like, oh, that one was not really. Yeah, of course. You know, well, that that was, see what I noticed about that one is that was the first one that you seemed vested in. Yeah, and by that I mean you had you seemed to have uh, some thoughts in your head about where you wanted that, where you thought that was going to go, or how you wanted that to be. So you wanted it to be something. Yeah. And it wasn't that thing. And that's why, that's why, you know, it ended up, that's why it always ends up falling apart yeah. because people have, they, you know, they, they develop some, uh, some, something that they want See, and they impose it on the relationship. I don't know that I did. I mean, I wanted to, I wanted that relationship to keep going, but that's about as deeply as I think I thought about it back then, to really? be honest with you. Yeah. But you proposed to her as I'm, as yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, so, I didn't have any idea what a relationship was supposed to be. Yeah. You know, like I really had no idea what I was supposed to be offering to her. She was supposed to be offering to me. Um, (laughs) So, you know, you're, you're, you know, the way you conceive a a relationship changes over time. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I I still can't get over the idea that you're like sitting on the couch, watching a movie, you know, I don't know if you make it out with your, with your girlfriend or whatever. And, and, Three feet away is a guy who used to be doing that to yeah. the same girl. Yeah, in pretty short order. It was weird. It's weird. Uh, definitely had some some weird, awkward tensions and things uh, like that. Um, but 
for the most part, it wasn't that bad. I mean, Matt, it's like he's my best friend. He likes you and him. Yeah. You know, so I mean. D- did you ever get any any idea that he was resentful about it at all? Or? No, not necessarily. Not not. Not really. We gotta ask him that question now. See what sure, he says. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I. But I. If he did. If he was, he did a good job of hiding it. Um, I was jealous sometimes. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. jealousy has been an issue. I'm not really. Je- I think I've beat it out of myself pretty well. Yeah. Just because, what the fuck is the point? Yeah. You know, like exactly. you're jealous and you're worried, and what does that help? It's not making anything better. Yep. So. I just, I'm not really jealous. I'm not a jealous person that much anymore. I, I didn't conquer that like fully until I met, until I met my, my wife. Yeah. Um, because I, because I didn't want to be that guy. That's one that I kind of learned that like, they say that, uh, smart people learn from the, their mistakes. Geniuses learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I got to learn from your mistakes. Uh, I learned, you helped teach me that one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. With, with your experience with that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Being put in. Uh, so th- this reminds me of a Jordan Peterson thing. So I got to bring in JB to the conversation. So it wouldn't be an episode. <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode without a JP mention. Um, so he talks about um, uh, projection. Mm-hmm. He, ta- he talks about like psychological projection, uh, and and you know when so like if you if you especially find yourself like with these feelings and emotions that are that you've never had before when you're a teenager and you experience like like. I don't know if you call it love, but that, that kind of a feeling for the first time, it's overwhelming and you've never felt it before. So it's like, you know, it's more intense than, than, you know, it'll ever be again. It's just like a, you know, you're drunk off of it. Yep. Uh, you're not thinking clearly. Um, and, and, uh, when you meet like a, a girl like that, you've got your, you know, your sweet honor, you, you got, you got those sorts of, uh, feelings for that, that in your mind, somehow you project on her, all of the things you want her to be. And like, you don't know where all that stuff comes from. Some of it might be like, like good attributes that you admire in other women in your life, you know, that, you know, that, that you have experienced or, you know, uh, features that you think are beautiful. There's like a whole, a whole bunch of things that you will latch on to psychologically as evidence that this girl is the greatest thing that there is. And part of the evidence is the feeling you feel that 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 dopey and love feeling that you've never felt before. They're like, God, I'm getting this from you. You're the greatest thing. Yeah, that's how that's how we feel. Um, uh, but that that what you're doing is projecting onto this person all the things you think she is or want her to be or imagine she might be, and that the disappointing thing about life, uh, you know, getting to know that person really is getting to know that she's not any of those things you think she is. She might be lots of other things and there's lots of things to appreciate and love about her. Sure. But so much about that projection turns out to be false. And, uh, and that's a process that you have to go through in, in romance. You have to go through that, you know, at different stages of your life, learning lessons along the way. And eventually, eventually you, you learn to not do that, at least not do that so much. And, and so when I met my wife, that's, that's the point where I was. I'm like, I'm not projecting anything. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't want her to be anything. I want her to be wh- what she is, and I want to enjoy enjoy her for that. And I'm going to let her decide. And it wasn't like I was that direct with it, but you know, sub- subconsciously, that's how I was letting it. I was just letting it be. Yeah. I was letting it happen, and it it, it was beautiful that way. Um, so it just reminded me of that idea of projection. So that's why I looped in, yep. Doctor Peterson. Yes, sir. 
All right. Well, I mean, I feel like that's probably a good place to that that like touches on the next episode. Yep. Yep. All right. We'll so call that one the not so good good old days. The not, the not so good old days. All right. So guys, that's what's coming next. We're going to talk about Kyle's uh, deep and dark and lasting depression. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what what brought me to the um, binge watching uh, binge binge watching of Lost because we we brought that up in the last one that was that was my my you know deep deep dark depression. And we'll talk about what drove me to binge watching all of the porn on the internet, all of it, <laughs> and uh, and then we'll f- try to figure out some way of um, of uh, bringing that to the current day, and um, then yeah. you guys will be up to speed, and then you know us, and you're our friends. Then the podcast is over. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Corey, thanks for hanging out with us as well. Stay classy, Cleveland. (laughs) Love you guys. Love you.